Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Number My Day for Men podcast, where we discuss all things man and God. I'm your host, DC. Join us in the fight for manhood, God's way. Please welcome today's guest, Corey Saxton. Corey is an entrepreneur in the financial industry, runs a nonprofit, and is a minister. How are you doing today, Corey? Fantastic, Darnell. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. Tell us a little more about yourself. Um, other than things you already said, you know, I'm a, a devoted husband. Um, love my wife. We've been married for now 11 years. We were friends for seven, almost eight years prior to that. So we know each other very well. She knows me better than I know myself. We have three children, one that I brought into the relationship from a previous relationship. So I have a 22-year-old daughter, Jordan. Uh, my wife, Latora, and I have two children together. CJ, who's 10, and Nyla, who's 8. They're a handful. We love them to death. As you mentioned, I'm a minister. That's my passion. Um, they're more than anything besides being a, a husband to my wife and a father to my kids. I just love ministering, teaching and preaching the word, working in the community. So the nonprofit stuff is what I lead with. But I also being in business has been a true blessing to my life, being able to be my own man, help people out with those solutions. Um, and that's pretty much me, man. I'm a lover of people. Uh, we have many great friends. Um, and every day I just strive to be be better and be more to people. Awesome. Describe what led you to what you do today. You know, it's interesting. When I was 19, I'd always desired to be an entrepreneur. So when I was 19, my second year of college, I was going to business school and the writing was on the wall. I figured out really quickly, they don't teach you how to open up your own business in school. So if I wanted to be profitable, I had to go out and do it on my own. Um, I have a grandfather who was an entrepreneur um, and also a deacon in the church. And then uh, my stepfather, he was an entrepreneur lifelong. So I just sat up underneath them and also an uncle. So I sat underneath those three men and learned what I could from them and knew that I wanted to work for myself and never for anyone else. So I'm at the opportunity at 19 to open up a, a website company. Overnight, it was a financial success. The business grew faster than my character did. Um, <laughs> made a ton of money, Darnell. I mean, from 19 to tw about 24, the internet was booming. It was the mm -hmm. mid-90s to the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. But then there was a big internet crash. I'm sure you you know, you know remember that. But around right. 2000, 2001, I ended up um, losing my business, filed a bankruptcy, mm -hmm. and, and thought that I'd lost my identity at right. the same time. So I had right. a bunch of money in the bank but I was really lost directionally. And then something just clicked on the inside of me and said, you work too hard for your money not to be working for you. Mm. So I started studying finance and reading anything I can get my hands on, any magazine, any book, any publication, going to successful people who knew how to invest. Mm. Um, and, I, and, and that was another thought that came across my mind. It's like, well, you know, I went to school to study finance, but they don't teach you how to invest money right in school for yourself. So that's what got me into um, financial services industry. I sought out a broker and the person really helped me out and they had an opportunity. They needed a couple of more people working in the office to, um, you know, learn and um, start to serve other people. So I just thought that maybe I learned this stuff more for me and myself, but it turned into a thriving career. So here we are 14, almost 15 years later. I've been in business for myself, helping people not to make the mistakes that I made as a 23, right. 24 year old. Yeah. So that's what led to it. Wow. Especially how a lot of people aren't good with money. Right. And, and you know what qualified me is I was worse than the worst. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so just learning from my mistakes, you know, most of the time I don't come from an expert perspective. When I teach people, I say, you don't want to do this. This is what I did. And this is the path that it can lead you down. So not coming off as someone you. who's smarter than anyone, but just I helping people to avoid the pitfalls that I made. And I've made myself a pretty decent career. We made some great money and helped a lot of people because I'm passionate about people never feeling like I felt when I had to file bankruptcy, move back in with my mom, you know, and money was going out 
way faster than it was coming in at the time, having no mm-hmm. income with my business anymore. That's a scary feeling. And many Americans, many people face those feelings every single day. So I figure yep. if I can help them to avoid making those same mistakes by saving for a rainy day, having money working for you just as hard as you're working for it, then I would have done my service, done my job. So how about the nonprofit? What led you to doing the nonprofit? Well, that's interesting as well. Growing up without a dad, just having a single parent household, seeing my mom struggle and how hard she had to work and just not having a man in the house. I had good men around. I had my uncle and my grandfather. And eventually when my mom married, I was a senior in high school. So I was on my way to college. So I didn't get much time under his roof. But never having a man in the household growing up, I felt like there was always a void there. Me being unsure, was I enough or was I a man or did I know how to do this or was I doing it right? So I just always had this something in the back of my mind and deep in my heart that says when I'm old enough, if I'm able, I want to help young men and women, um, especially the ones that don't have father figures in their home. I'm sure you know, I mean, the man is under attack in the household. Absolutely. The enemy will do anything he can to take the man out because if he can succeed in taking the man out of the household, you have a woman that's uncovered. And women typically will step up and rise to the occasion. But there's one thing that a woman can't do, and that's teach a young man how to become a man. Amen. Right. So I, I just said, you know, I'll be I didn't have my father growing up, but I want to be a father to many in my community. So that's where we started, man. We took our own money. We joined up with a good friend of ours who had an outstanding idea. She wanted to originally open up a school. But in order to do so, we had to develop a nonprofit called it Lancaster Youth Development Foundation. We just hit the streets, man, and started helping kids out to do things like mentorship, um, job training and skills, how to tie awesome. a tie, how to shake a man's <laughs> hand and look him in the awesome. eye, you know, how to fill out an application and then go to the next level with their education. So we've gotten kids full on scholarships to schools like Cal Berkeley, Cal State Northridge, UCLA, HBCUs as well. We really believe in education and rolling up your sleeves and working hard. And those are the kinds of things that we try to teach through our nonprofit. So what about your journey on becoming a minister? Ever since I was young, I felt the call on my life. I can remember the first time I knew that there was something there. I was about 12 years old. And in my um, local church at the time, I was a member of Calvary Baptist Church with the Honorable Bill Broadus um, was the reverend at the time. Um, he's gone on the glory. God rest his soul. You know, we had a youth day and the youth ran the whole service. I remember preaching the word to all of the youth. Place was just on fire, going bananas. And I don't I don't even remember what I said after I said it. I mean, I must have just been filled with the spirit at a young age. He came in and he witnessed it and he said, that boy is going to be a preacher. That boy can preach. And, and, you know, he brought me in the big church that day. And I, and I sat, you know, it was an old school traditional Baptist church. So I sat up the pulpit with him and, you know, had my distinguished look on. And I was the youngest up there, of course. And he went on about me to the congregation and, and it felt good. Not the applause that I received from the people, but just delivering God's word in its purest form to the best of my ability at that time. And people's lives were reached. And, and for weeks to come, people said, hey, what you said really ministered to me and touched me. And it wasn't just the youth, it was the adults as well. So I always had a passion about God's word. I can remember going to Israel in 2011. And the Lord told me that I was going to be involved in full-time ministry. Bless me, but it also scared me because oh, I was yeah. thriving in my business. And I was like, well, I want to minister, but all the ministers that I'd seen at the time, <laughs> right? I said, I didn't want to be broke and I didn't want to <laughs> preach to broke people. So I said, I'll do business and I'll just help out yeah. at church. But um, the Lord had a different plan and an idea. So when I came back, I, I just took a hiatus from work. I thought it'd be a week or two, but it ended up being nearly three years. And I just would wake up 
up and sit on this couch every day. Lord would wake me up at between three and four in the morning and I'd just read his word and just eat his word for about three, four hours until my children got up. And I did that every day for about three years to where I became so full. And I was like, I got to let this out somewhere. And I started preaching and teaching at, at our church. And now it's let me, we have a Bible study, a small group that we run now for about the past two and a half years. We're in process of a church plant out here in the Antelope Valley, my wife and I. So I'll be a senior pastor in the next year and a half or so. Awesome. Yeah. What is the greatest obstacle you had to overcome? Honestly, myself. As I was growing up, again, wanting to be an entrepreneur, still loving the gospel, just deciding which way I wanted to go as if it were my choice. Of course, I chose business, and that's the path that God allowed me to go down. But I became a lover of self, a lover of money. I never left the faith. I wasn't committed or going to church a lot during those years, but I'd never miss a day at my office, I tell you that much. Wasn't conversating with God um, as much, but I sure was checking my bank balance two, three, four times a day. The highs and the lows of my of my attitude, my personality, were dictating on how much money I was making or not making at the time. Sure, if we made a deal and twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars came in on one deal or in one week, you better believe I had a good week. No matter what else was going on in my life, we didn't get the deal or the sale, or we were losing money, or there's a mistake made in business, or we missed a deadline. That would dictate my behavior and how I treated other people. So money was the lord of my life at that time, without me even knowing. So what I had to learn when I ended up filing bankruptcy and losing a business, and the Lord began to speak again. He said, now are you ready to listen? Right? <laughs> so the lesson in that is never let anything take the place of God in your life because nothing will satisfy you like God's. No matter how much money I made and when I lost money, there was never a content moment in my life. When the Lord began to speak and I put him back on the throne where he belonged or I allowed him to lead me again, no matter what I had, no matter how much I had or how much I didn't have, I was completely satisfied and content. Paul wrote, I'm content in, 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 when I have plenty or when I have nothing, because I have God, I'm content. So the lesson is just follow God and trust God. No matter what you have, you have more than enough. So what is the greatest lesson you have learned? Um, greatest lesson? It's funny. It's, it's so many. As I was pondering that, just, I mean, I guess one of them would be is be a man. Sometimes when things are going good, it's easy to stand up and have your chest out and, and say all the right things. But I remember a quote by Dr. Martin Luther King, you know, the character of a man is not measured when things are going well. It's measured when things are not going well, when all right. hell is breaking loose, if you will. So no matter what's going on, you got to stand up and face the music and be a man and learn the lesson so that you can get better. I mean, it's nothing's ever final until you're dead. Right. So no matter if you lose everything, what did you learn? What could you apply? Go do better the next time and then always seek and help other people so that they can avoid the mistakes that you made. Another lesson going along with that is seek guidance and mentorship first from above. Right. So always yeah. be praying and reading your word. Success leaves clues. Right. So so <laughs> you, all you got to do is pick up your Bible. I mean, every single instance that can occur or that has occurred or that will occur, you can find a trace of it in there. So that you can learn from it, but find it, seek a mentor here on earth. So now I have several men that I allow speak into my life. None of us know everything. So find people that have more experience, run with people that are running the same race as you, and always look for people who are hungry that you can feed what it is you're eating as well. No sense in being full when you're not able to turn around and feed someone else so that they can either get to where you're trying to get to even faster or avoid mistakes so that they can not be derailed. 
I'm soaking it in right here as I'm talking to hey. you. Right? <laughs> I hear you. If you if you don't mind, one more lesson. See, mm-hmm. I see things because I've been in the financial industry so, so long. I see everything as an investment. So you have to invest. Everyone has to invest. The reason why people are malnutritioned or in a certain area or completely bankrupt in an area is because they don't invest. So starting with right. your spiritual life, I have something my wife and I, we live by. It's called a blueprint. So we invest in each area. So our mm-hmm. spiritual life. Okay, so how do you invest in yourself spiritually? Well, you need to pray daily. You need to read your word daily. And you need to have worship in your life daily. And I don't just mean singing. I mean, the true worship is obedience and doing whatever God is saying and being led by the spirit, even in the right. uncomfortable things. So right. we invest in those areas of our life every single day so that we don't have a spiritual deficit, if you will. And I stay connected to God in that. And I'm not perfect at it by no stretch of the imagination. There's some days I don't want to pray, but I'll say something to him. <laughs> and then the, that's the first F is, is your faith. And then family. I invest into the lives of my family members and not just limited to my blood family and my wife, but I mean my community of people that God has given me to either make better or be made better by. So I invest in my relationships. So many people are takers in lives. I mean, husbands are takers. Husbands are some of the most selfish people on earth. Like when you're in pursuit of that woman, there's flowers, there's candies, there's date, you <laughs> smell good, you look good. But once you're married and a couple of kids live, later like you know you, just, you don't you, you just I don't know men stop showering every day because they don't smell as good they're not taking her anywhere um, right. they go to work and most women go to work as well today is to do income earning environment and, mm-hmm. and when when the man and the woman come home the woman is expected to clean and cook right. and maintain the children and the guy's excuse is well I've been at work all day well she has too in most yeah. cases and yeah. even if she hasn't my, you know my wife like I said we've been married for the last 11 years and by the grace of God we've done well financially enough for her to be home all those 11 years with our children. That's the way we mm-hmm. had planned it. But you better believe when I come home, the first thing I do after I say my hellos to everyone, I'm picking up around the house. I'm asking her what help she needs. I do the laundry in my household because I think a man's job is to cover the household and to invest. And, and, and if I can say this, service is sexy on a man. Yes. Right, So I'm not a taker. Yeah. I'm an investor. Uh, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I mean, the same thing with my children. You know, I, I make sure that I spend time, family time. And when I'm home, I'm home. And I spend time with my children as a unit. But then I spend mm-hmm. time with my children individually. I take my daughter out on a date at least once a month, just her and dad. And let her talk to me with her eight-year-old self. Right. I take my son out. and We do man stuff together. Right. Today, we went and worked out for an hour together with the trainer. And this guy actually kicked my butt in the gym. But but that's a, a great time for he and I. And he'll look back on it. And my prayer is it'll be some of the most fun times of his youth, the times that he just had with just he and his pop. Right. Invest in your financial life. Right. Make more money. Save more money. Always strive to be more profitable. Never just be satisfied with where you are. Right. I mean, if God gives you a certain ability, then why not exhaust the ability that you have so that you can be as profitable as you can to help your household even more or even help those in your family or your community. Right. And then invest more money, save more money, stay out of debt, those kinds of things, but always make an investment financially. In your health life, you know, your faith, finance, fitness life, making sure, you know, it's no mystery to this stuff, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm probably not saying anything new, but I'd gotten out of control with my waistline. um, So now I have a trainer. (laughs) Hey, look, a lot of us do. (laughs) A lot of us do, man. But now I have a trainer and I'm working out um, three times a week with the trainer. And then two days I'm going walking and do a couple of miles, right? Because if we take heed and, and pay attention to our nutrition, what's going in our body, exercise, making sure we're active at least 30 minutes to an hour a day and we're getting proper rest, then this donut tire that you see here that's starting to fade away, it, mm-hmm. it would have never happened. 
right? And then last is focus. Focus on what? Your purpose. Everybody has a thing or two that God has intended them to do. The reason why he brought us to this earth and given us life is because he said, your purpose, a part of it, I believe, is doing this great podcast. Because one man with the ability to rise up and and do what God has called him to do, hundreds or millions or hundreds of millions of men, lives can possibly be impacted, even if it's just one. If you fulfill that and that's what God has called you to do, then that's what you're supposed to do. But so many people miss it because they're not connected spiritually. They don't make the right investments in family life, right? And their family is in shambles and that causes you to not to do what you've been called to do, or they're not seeking the right relationships that will lead them down the path where they can go ahead and touch their purpose. They don't make enough money or they have too much debt, right? They're overweight, out of shape and always tired. All those things going on, it'd be nearly impossible to go out there and live your purpose out. Wow. Not my stuff, man, came from God. I wish I could claim it and, you know, say, hey, this is what I made up. But he gave it to me and said, live by it and teach others. So we have that blueprint and, you know, I'm sticking with it. Mm. So how has being a Christian man affected what you do? Tremendously, man. It's affected every single thing that I do. Because again, just speaking back on the blueprint, I live by it and I lead with it. So every place that I'm at, whether it be in the office, they know me for that, right? I mean, in my office, I'm like the office chaplain. I don't hide that I'm a Christian. They know that I'm a minister doing business. I'm an entrepreneur by way of of being a minister (laughs) in my church. I do financial work at our church and everything like that, but it's a financial ministry, right? So I used to consider myself, I'm an entrepreneur. I tell everybody everywhere I go, but now I tell everybody, hey, I'm a minister, but to pay the bills and not have to take any money from any church or any tithes and offerings, I go out there and help people with their finances. So it's affected me tremendously. Um, You know, it's, it's so important that every single day I start my work my day out by getting into my word and getting into prayer. I encourage other men to pray and whatever supportive material, like the book we were talking about, the Telios man, who I've read several times, I encourage men to read that because so many of the things that we learn in school and I, I, you know, I'm not against our education system, but with a few tweaks, I think it can go from being okay to being great. Yeah. Some of the things that we don't teach that we use every day or we're we're involved in every day is manhood, marriage, and money. We're the most men fail at or not have much success at. Those three. In manhood, marriage, and money. money. When when you look at a man's life, some men are struggling in all three areas. Some may have the man stuff down. Hey, I'm a man. But, you know, the marriage is struggling and they have no money. Or some guys making all the money in the world, um, but they're grown boys making a good salary and their wives are unhappy. Or some guys are servicing their wives. And you you understand and see where I'm Mm -hmm. going to where something is generally lacking in the the life of a man. And we just don't learn those things anywhere. We don't learn it at church. There's no TV program that we could watch. You know, I wish I could just tune in and say, hey, I want to be like that guy. But a lot of our heroes that we've watched growing up, they were success on the screen. And then when you find out about their personal life, these guys have been divorced three and four times. And you say, man, I don't want to be like these guys. So you got to search deep in the word to figure out, okay, how do I be a man? What is a man of God? What is a marriage supposed to look like? And go to Ephesians 5 and it tells you there, right? And then how much is enough when it comes to money? Again, a, a lot of money is good, but what's great is having peace about whatever God has for you. Please give advice helpful to men based on your expertise. Sure. Last point. I think a lot of men struggle in the area of purpose and vision. I mean, I I myself for a while in my 20s struggled there. I mean, because having all the money seemingly to me in the world, but still not having any peace, I knew something was missing. And it wasn't until, again, I started going back to my youth and just started reading the word and going to church again and then seeking God on my own. God started to give me a direction for my life. Men struggle with vision. 
right? Yes. So seek God, you know, vision is tied into purpose, but uh, how do you see your life? What's that thing that God has called you and only you to go out and do? What does the trajectory of your life look like 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? At the end, what do you want them to have said about you? Darnell Casey was a great man because he brought this great podcast to men and men's lives were changed. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, as you read the reviews like of a podcast, right? And people said, man, I didn't know this or I listened to this guy and this helped me in this area. That's how you kind of want your life to read, like the reviews, right? Of an Amazon. If you purchase a pillow, like there's always reviews right. underneath there, right? So what's the vision that you have for yourself long term? What kind of effect? would you like to have on people? Where are you going? Where are you taking your family? And so many men lack vision or lack the casting of vision in their family to where women either end up leading in every area like spiritually or where they're going to live or how right. how the household is run. Um, mm-hmm. So have a vision and then have goals. Goals are markers. You'll say, okay, by this date, we'll have this. By this date, we would have done this and accomplished this. So three years from now, if you don't own a house, we're going to own a house. We're going to start the business, right? We're going to start the nonprofit. We'll be done with seminary, whatever it is. So have goals along the way yeah. that are outlined by your vision. Goals will keep you on track. And then you need a daily plan. Most men don't operate by any sort of a planner. We know we got to get up and show up to work at a certain time. But when you get off work, <laughs> there's just no plan, right? right? So I plan out, again, pouring into my wife and having a date night with her once a week, whether it be a date night or we can sneak away for lunch because my hours are favorable. I get to work from home or in the office or what what have you. So we'll sneak out and she loves sushi. So I'll surprise her and take her to sushi on a Wednesday afternoon. But I put it in my planner because if you don't plan for the things that are most important, then guess what? The world has a plan for you. So you either plan for success or plan to be a part of someone's success. Even if it's sitting down watching television, right, you're, you're right. up in the ratings. And that's mm-hmm. what we do. We get up, we show up to work, we come home because we don't have a plan. We sit on the couch, Al Bundy style, watching ESPN. Right. So I, instead of watching stars on TV, I decided I wanted to be the star of my own life. I wanted to build stars. I wanted to give my wife a platform to where she can stand tall and be important and be someone because being a stay-at-home mom, it's not like Gloria in that, cleaning up after kids all day. And if I can just give her the opportunity, again, to free her, at least when I get home, okay, I'm taking over this. So honey, you go write or you go pray with someone or you go evangelize or you just go hang out with your mother and your sister, which she loves to do. That gives her an opportunity to have peace in her life and and to feel important. Like, hey, he recognizes me and he sees me. And he lets me do the things that I love to do. Same mm-hmm. thing with my children. So you got to have a plan to invest in areas that are important to you, important to your life and important to the vision that God has given you for your life and thriving your purpose. So again, it starts with a vision that's long term. The goals keep you on track. They're markers that have dates on them and your daily plan. Just make sure that day by day, week by week, month by month and year by year, eventually you're going to get there. Man, I'm glad I'm recording this. Hey, man, me too. Can I play it back for myself so I can make sure I'm living by it? (laughs) Well, hey, can you uh, close us in prayer? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to come together, um, Lord God, because I believe in the mission of this podcast that men need men and men need to help men to become better men. So I thank you for my brother and the vision that you've given them, Lord God. Um, Let it touch the ones that need to be touched. Let it entertain even those that may be living by the principles that have already been discussed on this podcast. Give them confirmation and affirmation that they're on the right track. But for the man, Lord God, that's out there listening, 
that need to hear this word, just like we need air and water, Lord God. I ask that you just sprinkle him and give him life. Just begin to open up those things that you may have showed him as a boy, Lord God, and give him the option to go out there and touch his future, touch his destiny. We pray for men out there, Lord God, whether they be struggling or thriving, we ask that you just give them more of you, Lord God. We don't need more stuff um, to be satisfied. We need more of you. So allow your spirit to abide on the inside of us, Lord God, so that we may grow, be better men, be better husbands, be better ministers, Lord God, and be better servants. So we love you and we praise you. And again, bless this podcast so it may be heard by the masses and men may get result as a result of what Brother Darnell is doing. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email me at dc at numbermyday.com. And please visit us at numbermyday.com to find out what we're all about and to join us in the fight for manhood God's way.